Today's show is sponsored by Responsive Classroom, an organization that has created an entire process for student-centered teaching. Later on in the show, I'll tell you how they can help you be more effective this school year. BAM Radio Network. When negative behaviors pop up, what's the best alternative to punishment or rewards that you would recommend? Welcome to Student Centricity, Practical Strategies for Teaching with Students at the Center. I'm Ray Pika. So, school has started, the getting to know you period has ended, and things are beginning to settle down. But now is the time when some negative behaviors might begin to show themselves. How do you ensure that they don't escalate? How do you nip them in the bud before they become a bigger problem? Let's ask Kristen Vincent, Jessica Minahan, and Melanie Link-Taylor for their thoughts. Welcome, ladies. So, we're not talking here about egregious infractions. Those can often require special handling. But what might a teacher begin to, uh, you know, expect to begin seeing in the way of negative behaviors at this point? point in the school year. Kristen? I think as students become more comfortable in their classroom community, you'll see things like side conversations, students calling out, forgetting to raise their hand, perhaps maybe zoning out and not focusing in on directions, so then not knowing what to do next. Ah, zoning out already. Jessica, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with that list. I would also add um, we're we would start to see a bit of work avoidance. So um, raising my hand, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to sharpen my pencil. I need another Kleenex when um, the academics around this week are getting a little harder. Ah, uh, they have so many creative ways of avoiding it. And Melanie, your thoughts? Well, there's both positive and negative. Positive is the kids are now making friends and they are more comfortable in the classroom. But the negative side of that is that there's a tendency to want to socialize more during work time. Yeah, of course. So, Kristen, a few weeks into the school year, and the, you know, the protocols have already been clearly established. If students begin to challenge those, what's the most significant thing a teacher can do to get them back on track? A teacher should try and stop this misbehavior right in the moment to provide the least disruption to other students' learning and um, not ignore these small misbehaviors. So to a teacher, they might seem small, but I think they could quickly escalate into something larger. So stopping the misbehavior right away with a quick reminder or redirection. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think it would be very easy for them to just think, oh, that's, you know, that's not worth the effort. But sometimes, Kristen, a teacher can get rattled, especially a new teacher, by the sudden appearance of negative behaviors. You know, she thinks she's done everything she can to establish the appropriate environment, and then, bam, somebody starts to test her. What advice would you like to offer that teacher to enable her to keep her cool? (laughs) Well, I would say take a deep breath and don't take it personally and just know that this is a natural part of students relaxing and becoming comfortable in the classroom and that the teachers should step in right away and redirect students just calmly in a matter-of-fact way. So saying things like stop, put your papers away now, or things like it's time to listen, everyone line up, So being really clear about what you want to have happen. Okay. Jessica, you believe that if a classroom is set up to promote student success, there will be less negative behavior. So what are the one or two top actions a teacher can take to promote student success? And are they still possible a few weeks into the school year? Sure. I think uh, when you're structuring the actual layout of the classroom, it is really useful to make a little corner of the classroom, particularly in elementary school, where the child could take a bit of space if they are getting frustrated or anxious and regroup and come back. 
um, having some calming sort of activities in a box ready to go in that sort of space would be really useful just to be preventative so things don't build and you can catch them early and, and provide that kind of calming base. Um, another thing teachers should always remember is that a couple of that behavior is really only communication and so to not get too nervous looking at behavior and thinking what is the child communicating to me and I think another thing I always remind teachers at this time of year is that um, public praise and public criticism which is really common teacher behavior can actually make kids feel singled out or embarrassed and so whenever possible going over and giving private redirections like you need to stop and put that pencil down can prevent something from being um, more anxiety provoking and escalating. Okay. I mean, before I get to my, my next question, you're not talking about timeouts when you're talking about that corner, are you? No, as a preventative sort of when you start to see a kid get a little bit frustrated, it's really useful to teach self-regulation skills such as, oh, you know, you may be um, getting a little, I hear you're frustrated in this math. Do you want to take space and come back and, and finish it? Ah, great. Well, very often a teacher will turn to either punishment or rewards to try to nip negative behavior in the bud, but you're one of many experts who don't believe in their effectiveness. When negative behaviors pop up, what's the best alternative to punishment or rewards that you would recommend? Yeah, I think the reason rewards and consequences don't always work is because um, that only helps if it's a motivation issue. And for some kids, um, I believe they would behave if they could. So when they're not behaving, it's often um, an underdeveloped skill or a skill they need to learn. So I really would focus more on skills, so like teaching to take space and come back and get your work done or ask for help or take a deep breath. Those are things I would focus on. I even shift the emphasis so that you can reward using strategies like that. So instead of on behavior performance, did you call out, you lose a point? Did you raise your hand, you get a point? You could shift it, and when he takes a takes a breath and then gets back to work, that that would be reward worthy. Okay, Melanie, what role does consistency play in nipping the ne- negative behaviors in the bud? Uh, well, consistency is like everything because you have classroom management. The kids know the the rules, they know the procedure, and as the teacher absolutely is dependable in promoting the procedure, the kids feel very secure and knowledgeable. Then if someone in the classroom chooses to deliberately um, interfere with the procedure, that can be dealt with. So if the students expect that at 9 o'clock we're going to do reading, then they will automatically begin to take out their books and they know. Or 9.20, we're going to change and now we're using iPads. Then they know that and they will internally respond. It's like a having an internal clock. And the teacher, of course, enforces this through reminders, whether it's visual or auditory, through proximity. You go around the room, the kids know that you're going to be close to them so that you are observing um, all their behavior. Right. And I would imagine that consistency in staying on top of the negative behaviors is also important. You know, like, like with parenting. I mean, if you've, you've got a rule, you have to consistently enforce it. It takes a lot of self-discipline to teach. It's more difficult for some than others, but the new teacher, the new recruit, so to speak, uh, hopefully has had some basic training in their teacher program, although usually that's insufficient. So a mentor or an observer can say, well, you know, that was very excellent, teacher, 
but in the future, make sure that you're on time. Don't lap over into recess. Don't have too much of your favorite subject and too little of your unfavorite, because the kids will pick up on that. And they will get antsy and feel insecure that they don't know what's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Kristen, what one piece of advice would you like every teacher to have about nipping negative behaviors in the bud and creating lasting success? I would say that teachers really need to make sure they've been clear with their students about what the expectations are and what the behaviors look like and sound like so everyone has this common experience. And then in addition to teaching and modeling the expected behaviors, to teach and model what's going to happen when students don't follow the rules. So what will happen when they're going to go take some space or have a brief timeout or lose a privilege for something for a short period of time? Letting kids practice that and setting them up for success so that when rule-breaking behavior happens and there is a consequence for that, it's not a surprise. Okay, and it has to be a consequence that makes sense, right? I mean, it has to be related to the infraction, correct? Yes, it must be related, and it also must be delivered in a respectful way, and consequences should require action, and so the action itself should be something that's respectful and helps to fix the mistake or repair the relationship or requires the student to do something to make amends. Got it. Okay, and Jessica? Same question to you. What one piece of advice would you like to offer every teacher about creating lasting success? Yeah, I would just say that you um, always need to remember that there's a reason children are behaving and sort of thinking about that and take it as a teachable moment to teach them more appropriate behaviors in a clear, consistent way whenever you can role play or rehearse or remind kids on appropriate behavior or a better solution to solve a problem. It's real essential. Some kids will need that not only in September, but throughout the year. So just always remembering there is a reason and and to take a minute to to reteach and re-explain appropriate behavior, and that will give you better outcomes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, ladies. This has been really helpful. I appreciate you being here today on Student Centricity with me. Classroom management is at the top of most teachers' lists of concerns, and as Melanie indicated, teacher ed programs rarely offer adequate preparation for it. At the top of the program, I mentioned Responsive Classroom. One of the best-selling books, not surprisingly, is The First Six Weeks of School, offering information on how to structure the first weeks of school to lay the groundwork for a productive year of learning. You can discover more about it, as well as their many other resources for educators, at www.responsiveclassroom.org. We asked our guests to give us the most important points they want you to garner from this discussion. You can read their closing comments and big takeaways, as well as access additional resources by clicking the takeaways button on your screen now. This has been Ray Pico with Student Centricity, offering practical strategies for teaching with students at the center. Thank you for listening. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.